welcome to Life Pairings, where two Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libations. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. And I'm Brittany Lysing. And, and this, this is Life Pairings. Life Pairings. <laughs> <laughs> life is hard. Compare it with alcohol. You got ready in the office bathroom, watched your boss grab at least two asses, that quiet woman from accounting is now dancing on a table, and you're just trying to make the most out of this cheap wine that they have on offer. Ah, company bonding, as today's life pairing is office Christmas parties with rumballs. We discuss LSD, the Greeks, and gross old dough. Ooh. Yeah. Gross old dough. You got it. <laughs> like dough dough? Like dough. Yeah, oh, you'll see. Okay. All right. You'll find All right. out. All right. <laughs> um Christmas parties, not a thing that most of us have had in the last year or two, I suppose, but Yeah. Um is that a I'm good on... thing? Is that a bad thing? I don't know. <laughs> I like Christmas parties, but now as a comedian, I'm on Christmas party, I'm the entertainment. You're so the, I like yeah. I I like them substantially less now. <laughs> But it is my bread and butter during the the winter months, so yeah, it's not um it's not the worst time of year, but it's definitely like I'm busy. I can't really be as dirty as I want, and people are uh, offended by everything. So they're offended right. and they're at work. <laughs> so it's right. like I'm just like oh, I've no. kind of just started saying whatever, and I think mm-hmm. it's like it's actually going quite well. I've started laughing. Well, that's good. I was like, "Are you guys sick of being told what you can and can't hear?" And they're like, "Yeah, that's like just how I <laughs> phrase it." <laughs> the ones I'm doing are like nine companies come in, and they're all in a big ballroom. Right. So it's yeah. not really like the agenda of one company. It's just like, "Hey, you came to see a comedy show and have a buffet." So yeah, yeah. Here they are, and I'm just like, "What do you guys think of butt stuff?" um so yeah but christmas parties have changed for me definitely now uh, as a comedian it's kind of it's my work but i um i always look forward to a christmas party that i always had the most fun yeah i've been to a lot because i've worked in a lot of different companies (laughs) i've been to one at porsche with like fire dancers oh wow I've been to a corporate like hotel one where they had like steel drum dancer or steel drum, a steel drum band. And we were not respectful of that because all you want to do is drink. You don't want to like be listening to comedians or anything. You just want to get shit faced and try not to insult too many people. Um, EA has really good Christmas parties. The last time I went, I got to hold a stormtrooper's gun Oh yeah, where Carla's husband works is a uh, video game, uh, uh, EA Sports. Yeah, and they have like I've seen pictures, dude. Some of these parties mm-hmm. are just out, they're un- outlandish. They're unreal, and they have them in January, so that's the way that they can have them like be like that, so that they're a little more um, cost friendly, I suppose, to be having them then rather than at Christmas time. Yeah, and they're elaborate, dude. Like I've never yes. seen anything like it. Um, um, but the, the, recently I've been having to put on Christmas parties. Right. And uh, so that's no feel <laughs> Yeah. It's only suddenly fun. you're the person in charge of like making sure people don't drink and drive. And you're like, oh, this is not, I don't want to be Yeah. 
Like this sucks. I don't want to yeah. do this. No. Um. Yeah. It's definitely like it's more fun to like just attend something at your leisure mm-hmm. and then leave at your leisure, yeah. so you don't have to do nothing. Uh. I don't mind to host every once in a while. I. But office Christmas parties are like. I always loved going because I always had someone. I loved the most people that I've worked with. Like, there's obviously going to be situations where you don't like everybody, but I've usually found a group of people where I'm just like, oh my God, this is actually a really good excuse for all of us to just like have a few drinks and have some fun and get to know each other. Cause you're also just like, you, what you don't like, you are with so many of your colleagues so much more than your actual friends and your actual family, like your family. You spend every day with them. So it's, it's, I think it's good to let loose with people. It's, it's interesting. I think so. I think it's, um, the, one of the reasons that I got into party planning for uh, like corporate stuff was cause I really believe that I mean, a lot of bigger companies, you're emailing somebody, you're getting annoyed with them for not responding to your email. You kind of forget that that's a real human being on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or even if you're in the same office with somebody, you're there all the time. You kind of forget that they're humans. So this is kind of a way to to take. It's always when away. you find out someone's like, you're like, oh my god, that dude's really good at karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, I was so the one that I did this weekend. I I'm actually I'm um performing all month long in Saskatoon, baby. Mm. So I'm at literally every <laughs> every weekend <laughs> I have to drive to and from Saskatoon. Mm. First weekend, uh, second show, somebody got punched out. Um, yeah. So uh, we were the show had finished, but we ever was a dance. Yeah, everyone was having fun. And everyone was dancing, and then just <laughs> all of a sudden, just a big uh, mm. Donnie Brook right on the old dance floor, and then hilariously enough, the uh, the DJ started playing Benny Hill, um, <laughs> which was so funny. And then the uh, guy comes around afterwards and apologizes to every table. I was like, this is the most Saskatoon fight I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) That's good. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting that I was interested to see what the psychology on this was going to be. Yeah. Because uh, it can be great or it can be the worst. There's a, and it's changed too, I think, right? Like, one of the big things that I remember, I don't know if this is as big a deal anymore, but like I actually got a promotion out of going to a Christmas party and staying. Really? Uh, because I got to know other people in the company and they got to see a person. Um, so when a promotion came up, then my name was better on their mind than, you know, a bunch of people didn't yeah. know. Um I don't think I probably lost a couple of promotions. In one oh of boy, I've certainly, I probably, you know what? I'm probably same, same. I'm probably like <laughs> even Steven on that one because I, the thing is, is like a night out drinking mm-hmm. can make or break a, a new relationship Yeah, with, yeah. you know, with a coworker or a boss or a, it's sometimes it's just like, oh yeah, they're they're good shit. They can handle their they can handle their night. They can whatever they can carry on. Mm-hmm. And then you're you're right. You're just on their mind. So it's yeah. like, but <laughs> sometimes bad news blues. <laughs> yes. I've definitely been kicked out of places. I've definitely slept <laughs> with people I shouldn't have slept with. I've oh, no. definitely thrown up in front of people. I've yeah, like I've committed all the cardinal sins of. <laughs> what not to do at an office christmas party 
Right. Um, now I care a little bit about my job, so I try to be a little more respectful. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, really, I what mean, do you, you know, do? comedians, they're very buttoned down and uh, or buttoned up, sorry. And uh, yeah. <laughs> but you still gotta be <laughs> like, you still can't let her buck because right. y- you know what? Like on drink seventy two of the night. <laughs> You don't have all your wits about you and you might no. say some wild stuff because yeah. no matter who you work with, you have an opinion you shouldn't have yeah. on somebody and it's not <laughs> it's not anybody's <laughs> fucking in anybody's benefit to hear it from you or for you to say it. Right. So yeah. which again, been there done that. But <laughs> I was looking at like why do we why is this? Like why can't mm-hmm. we just keep our shit together? <laughs> like why is it the holiday christmas party where everyone just goes bananarama sandwiches and yeah. it has a lot to do with just sort of pent-up excitement actually right like part of it is that you're friends with these people and you don't really get to go out a bunch and this is like an opportunity and you don't know how any of your personalities mesh yet like you know right. when you drink with your friend you're like oh yeah that girl pukes that girl yells that girl cries mm-hmm. You know what the mm-hmm. night's going to be mm-hmm. like, but when you go out with all your, like you're mixing in a lot of first time relationships happening, yeah. whether that be with like your spouse, you know, like a lot of times I've seen at Christmas parties, two dudes fight who are like, you know, two girls work in the office and the, and the husband's getting a fight. Oh, or like, like people that don't even work for the Christmas or for the, really? for the company. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I <laughs> I remember one time a friend of mine uh, lifted up another friend of mine's skirt at a Christmas party. Mm-hmm. Uh, that friend, oh, <laughs> that friend was, uh, she probably would not like me to mention her name, but she was at her mm-hmm. Christmas party and took another girl and she ripped up her skirt because she thought it was so funny. But right. she's at work, dude. Like, yeah. Um, I have seen, but so people get so excited. They're excited. They want to party. And then also there's a sense of entitlement that happens as well Mm -hmm. because you kind of feel like your, your company owes this to you. Yeah. It's like, it's supposed to be a big thank you for. Yeah. Yeah. Put them all here. Kind of like, and, and like working and it's supposed to be like a here, (laughs) It's like mm-hmm. the once a year thing where they're like, here, go buck wild. Yeah. And it's, sometimes it's an open bar. Sometimes the, but it's, you're, so you're, start, you're starting to feel entitled. You're getting a little drunk. You don't quite know how you're going to mesh with these people. You're supposed to be reserved and not be uh, a dinkosaurus. You don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's wild. It's, it's basically like, it's just throwing everyone in a giant cauldron and just seeing what happens. Yeah, it does sound very much like a yeah, like a, <laughs> like a it's like an experiment. And dude, end yeah, up broken and bloody, and it's just like oh my god, and it's just like and also. Oh, sorry. No, I was, people like you're also doing things with your coworkers that you would never normally do. Like you're dancing. Yeah. You're. I was gonna say like that's gonna be you're gonna find out that the person that never speaks is the one that's going to flirt with like all of the men and like jump on them. And like, yeah, there's just a different, you know, there's, you're just totally different um, personalities are coming out of your coworkers. 
which is so which just like at work is this like it's the fakest place in the world because mm-hmm. everyone's trying to be on their best behavior and then it just all goes out the window i feel like there's a <laughs> christmas party like um y- there's a little forgiveness like as long yeah. as you don't sexually assault somebody yeah which which happens oh. so much yeah um or like that's the thing too is like some of it for real for real like bosses doing awful things but sometimes you just people go in for the christmas party kiss and it is not there no. <laughs> like, it's not on the other end so it's like awkward awkward stuff happens and you just end up dude one time i ended up in a hot tub with no shirts on with a bunch of my <laughs> elevator guys <laughs> oh, did you just want to be like them and not have, a, have to wear your shirt no there was a bunch of girls in there too we were all tits out for sure and we were just having a little naked hot tub party mm. and then i was like and then had to get in the car like monday morning and Girl. drive out to i think we were in lethbridge or something or no we were in banff and we had to like get in the car and go to work the next day <laughs> like it was, oh. and i was like good morning yeah and we were just like, he was like, but it was pretty funny because, I mean, it was all young guys, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. just like, it was, but it was inappropriate for well, sure. You were the boss. You were the. Uh, uh, no, the I think at that time I was you... the helper. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So then it's, you know, then it's okay, I guess. No, I don't. Ish. And it's not really. <laughs> no, everyone. If, I don't, you were yeah. the boss and taking, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I should have had my shirt off at any point. <laughs> To be perfectly <laughs> honest. Not. Probably. Not. <laughs> uh, you kind of. I read this. I don't know if I can just jump in with a little fact that I found, but um, you kind of talked about it, like people will ignore what happens a little bit. There's like a little extra forgiveness at the Christmas party. Yeah. Apparently, this comes from like Greeks. They actually had like assigned times for when it was okay to ignore or break rules, and when you can kind of like mock authority. And so that's what they kind of see this as. You know, oh. you can maybe make fun of your boss a little bit, or. <laughs> yeah you sexually harass your uh, co-worker but um that's how some people take that to be you know you can swear a little bit more you can drink a little bit more whatever so i like that though i kind of i like that i like the idea of it being like there's like a they're like hey look uh it's five o'clock you can just say whatever the fuck you want now <laughs> yeah like yeah they're like you're off the clock and none of this matters but i kind of like the time restriction on it because it kind of tells you like <laughs> it's like hey just try to be good f- from nine to five and then but five thirty, yeah. you can say then you can do it until nine thirty when the party has ended when we have lost our liquor license and then you, then you <laughs> can't say anything anymore <laughs> yeah um i i found some uh, fun stuff sort of some do's and don'ts of going uh, to oh, yeah. of off- yeah. office and parties um what to do they say um <laughs> attend is the yeah. biggest one because it's it makes it a- big. I'll have to say it's shitty, and I know it's not fun. But coming from like more management side of things, and coming from like being an intern at the bottom, it makes a huge difference if you yeah. show up. Well, and it's like it, it, you're you're kind of like alienating yourself immediately, and totally. telling them I don't care, I don't care. I mean, if and- you're happy in your job and you don't want to progress. And you just want to stay and do your job and leave, and that's also that's a very valid thing. Yeah. Then don't you don't have to go to the Christmas party? I think. Yeah, I mean, they just they're the the big thing they were saying is just it's good for workplace morale. It gives mm-hmm. it kind of yeah. 
it kind of and like you mentioned earlier you get to see a human side of people so it's it's really yeah. good um another thing dress appropriately <laughs> like <Right>. don't <laughs> it's, it's fancy <laughs> i'm thinking that too. uh <laughs> christmas party where there was a lot of gossip somebody wore something that everybody else didn't think they should have worn <laughs> Well, I was thinking more underdressed, but that. this is this oh, is okay. yeah, yeah. This is more like uh, <laughs> se- too sexily, scantily clad. Yes, that's that's what that's, that was the, that's yeah. what these are like. They're like whoa, a little hoary for the Christmas <laughs> the Christmas goose here. Yes, um, exactly. Although I worked with a lot of guys in the trade, so um, there was very low expectation. So if they showed up in a suit, you were like, what? Oh yeah, you're always like, "Whoa, you clean up!" Like that's everyone saying, like the old. Uh, yeah, stay it was the definitely distance. their dad's suit because it was 14 sizes too big. Yeah. Horrible, but it looks cute. The, the, yeah. the young boys always get all dressed mm-hmm. up. Um, stay the distance. Putting in a guest appearance will not make you look uh any better. So sit oh. down, hang out, eat dinner. Don't show up for 10 minutes. Right. Um interact right interact don't sit there like a fucking with your arms crossed and you're not talking to anybody and you know you know what i mean like that's almost yeah. as bad as, they're just like oh yeah you are just as bad as you are at work <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess you, that's a confirmation of the things then yeah it's like oh you suck uh say thank you <laughs> right um yes being grateful is a big thing because then people are like oh, okay like this person is i don't know it's i hate yeah, I ungrateful think, people i think that 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 whole you were talking about the entitlement thing yeah that sometimes yeah i definitely when i've been in companies maybe i didn't like you you aren't as thankful because you feel like you're owed that but really it's not you know there's still somebody putting out all this effort for doing something yes um, somebody had to do it someone had to put it together and if you have a complaint keep it to yourself man because yeah. like that was someone's choice where they really put a lot of time and consideration into trying to make sure everyone was covered. Yeah. And so like having like- done, I think the last party that I threw for a work thing was, I think it was a 16 hour day and I had no fun. I don't think anybody thanked me. I don't think I got tons of help either, but I did get, actually that's not true. I got a lot of help, but um, <laughs> it's exhausting and you're not getting to have any fun because you're right working you're, pl- you're planning it yeah yeah so um yeah, yeah so be grateful a good one. thank yeah. you is a good one uh don't drink too much what not to do don't drink too much <laughs> because you can't I control mean, your lots mouth of the places have like ea they have drink tickets so you can't really drink too much um oh they only they only a allot you so many drink tickets yeah yeah i mean you can get around it but um most people right. don't because it's you know they're trying to yeah they're trying to save face be re- yeah be respectful and um uh, one big thing is don't sit in the corner and talk about work everybody already works you all work yeah. there. don't talk about work yeah no one wants yeah. to talk about it anymore uh <laughs> this made me laugh don't make a beeline for the mistletoe <laughs> <laughs> that's you know what you shouldn't it. have mistletoe at yeah Christmas, at a work right? no i agree you know, like <laughs> um but don't be trying to kiss everyone huh keep no. your lips to yourself yeah because you um, get slobbery at a certain point too when you've been drinking and it's, uh, it's yeah and you know what no one trick. wants to kiss sharon the office lady from the front <laughs> like 
even if it's on the cheek keep your lips to yourself especially with covid yeah. Uh, yeah. the, and the last one was cry. Don't cry. <laughs> oh, there's yeah. always one. There's always one person who just can't. And I've been working here for nine years, and I can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I understand a drunken cry, but yeah, try to keep that at home. I mean, we're we for most people, you cry in the office all the time, but you do it in the bathroom. So do the same thing. <laughs> just don't tell anybody when you're in the bathroom that you're doing it. Oh man, uh, yeah. So these are uh, I thought I'd give you some fun do's and don'ts. Yeah, that's but good. it's like uh, it's it's interesting. It's it's a it's a recipe for disaster, really. But everyone is yeah. uh, for me. I really look forward to it. I some people don't like to interact in that way. Um, I really do, and I like to see people let loose, and I and yeah. I look forward to like a good celebration. So. I, I'm never like, oh, I don't want to go. I'm always like, oh, this would be fun. It's free dinner and hang out with people and yeah. sit and listen to music or dance. or yeah. Sadly, so. this year, Life Pairings is not putting on a Christmas party. Um, <laughs> maybe next year. Sure. But even then, I was starting to think, of, I was like, oh, well, we'll get all the guests that we have. We'll get them to come. And then I'm like doing the math in my head. I'm like, oh, this is expensive. Never mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even fa- factor in now that I, because I, all I do is perform, I perform at Christmas parties. I'm just right. like the idea of throwing a Christmas party. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's uh, it, COVID is another thing. I like, oh, this is another thing. Like in Saskatchewan, dude, mm-hmm. everyone is just hugging and kissing and shaking hands and oh. hugging you and spitting in your face and Oh they have boy! The second lowest or third lowest vaccination rates, so that's good. Good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would hope maybe... they all had to have their vaccine to get theirs. Oh, everybody! Yeah, everybody has to have their vaccine to be inside. Oh, then, then I don't know. Yeah, Is it okay to slobber over everybody now? Are we okay? With uh, that? I don't know. Okay I'm not know. certain. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, they certainly did. So here's right. to hoping. Maybe you can give us a little history on the old uh, office Christmas party. Sure. Just a little history, and then I'm going to go into a, a little story. Okay. It was Great Depression was when businesses actually started throwing holiday parties to uh, <laughs> make it so life was a little bit less sad for the employees. Yeah. In 1948, Life Magazine covered an insurance party, and they called it the Great Leveler because... There was the pantsless vice president dancing with female stenographers <laughs> who were pulling at the hems of their skirts. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a great level or not, but I, in some ways it is. Yeah. Definitely, right? Um, but yeah, maybe not. Less less mad men. More <laughs> not mad men. <laughs> less, uh, yeah, le- less rapey vibes. Yeah. Uh, and then it was criticized because obviously, like you mentioned, there's, well, this is fights among office rivals. I don't know oh, what's interesting. Going on with those two men that were fighting over the secretary wives, but also angry wives finding out later what happened at the parties and, <laughs> you know, chasing female subordinates around. So, right. um, in 19, the 1950s women's temperance union or sorry, Women's Christian Temperance Union tried to pressure businesses, and some actually switched to issuing bonuses instead. So I don't know if that's kind of where the tradition of Christmas bonuses went. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. 
And also liability issues. If someone drives home drunk from a party and gets into an accident, is that the company's fault? Technically, I think. It Technically, is. I think it is actually. Uh, um, no word they, on liability issues about raping your coworkers, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a problem. It's fine. Um, so yeah, seventies and eighties there was featuring a lot more sedate parties. Then that's kind of when family picnics in the summer started happening instead, or luncheons. Um, and uh, oh boy, can I just step in here and say I hate <laughs> when a, a, a uh, office will be like, "We're doing Christmas lunch," and it's just like, "You oh. cheap pricks!" <laughs> yeah. I've been to many Christmas luncheons. Me too. I've yeah. been to come into the back of the shop and we'll get you a free burger. They ordered oh. pizza and called it Christmas. <laughs> I've at least like gotten some food and a sit down yeah. table. So, but yeah, it's definitely like, um, we, then you can put that time on it. We're done at five. Yeah. Then you have to go on your own way. <laughs> You're like, That's not what happens. What happens is then Carla has to go babysit all the youngins and doesn't get to drink. Um, <laughs> So anyways, what I'm going to talk about today in the history story is LSD at the Christmas party. Fuck yeah. Woo! <laughs> um, <laughs> it sounds exciting. It's maybe not as good. So this was in 1957. Wayne Ritchie was at a holiday party at the uh, U.S. Post Office. He was a federal marshal. And uh, he was, you know, drink having drinks with the other federal officers. He'd previously been in the Marines. He'd spent a year as an uh, Alcatraz prison guard. So, you know, pretty upstanding law person. Sure. Um, but, but suddenly, at this party, lights are starting to spiral. His body temperature rose. So he goes upstairs to his office to sort of calm down a little bit, drinks water. Then he starts to think... Well, you know what? Maybe these guys don't want me around. And oh, you know no. what? The guys outside my office right now, the probation officers, I don't think they want me around. So he's like, oh, I got to get out of here. So he leaves and uh, goes to his apartment and him and his girlfriend get into a fight. She tells him she wants to go back to New York City. This is in uh, San Francisco. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. Um so he's upset and he runs out to a nearby bar, he starts drinking more, then he carries on to a few more bars. All of this kind of um, anxiety and paranoia is building within him that nobody wants him around. Uh, so he goes to his office and he gets yeah. two service revolvers from his locker. Oh, no. He goes to another bar and has his, another one of these bourbon and sodas. And he points the gun at a bartender and demands money. Which, I don't know, it, robbing a bartender doesn't seem like the greatest idea, but maybe they have a lot of money. But what he <laughs> wanted was money to fly his girlfriend back to New York City, and then he just assumed that he would get, uh, uh, then he would just turn himself in. Right. And that would make it better because everybody wanted him gone anyways. <laughs> so, this guy sounds anybody... like a fucking sourpuss. Yeah, or anybody that's had like kind of a crazy drunken anxiety attack at you know three o'clock in the morning and thinks no one loves them anymore. <laughs> this is I I see where he's going. I just never thought to do all the other stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so he's holding this bartender, uh, not hostage, but you know, at gunpoint, and a patron hits him over the heads and head and knocks him unconscious. Oh, and he fully expected to be caught or be killed in this experience. 
So later he pleads guilty to attempted robbery. He only gets a $500 fine and five years probation. Uh, he does have to resign from the marshal's service, but I guess the judge kind of took a bit of pity on him for, you know, you know, you got dr- too drunk at the Christmas party and held up the bartender. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Yeah. So. And then, oh, no. <laughs> uh, do you, have you heard of MK Ultra? Um, yeah, but CIA. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could, yeah. Okay, so. He oh, that's that he was a victim of MK Ultra. Oh, like he was programmed. Mm. So this is an aside that I knew about this. I knew there's a lot of stuff with MK Ultra. That's CIA um, operation that was like testing weird stuff. I think it's Men Who Stare at Goats. I think covers a lot of this. Okay, both the film and the book. Um, but this one was a CIA operation that covertly covertly gave subjects LSD to test it on them. This ran from 1953 to 1964 in New York and San Francisco. I knew nothing about this part of the story. I knew that they gave people LSD, but I just thought that that was in like a lab. Right. Like in a controlled environment. As you would if you're going to test drugs on people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no. So... There were these safe (laughs) houses uh, that they just set up in San Francisco and New York. Uh, So we have more uh, information on the San Francisco ones. I'll get into that later. Uh, The CIA would hire prostitutes to bring Johns back from the bars and the restaurants. The prostitutes would give them acid-laced drinks. And while they were getting busy, the secret agents would observe behind a two-way mirror. They also called this operation Operation Midnight Climax. <laughs> so, uh, oh yeah, my God. the Johns would be afterward uh, be afterward would be interrogated to be tested to see if LSD was working as a truth serum. So they really believed because they had heard that other governments and countries were testing LSD on people. So they thought, oh, okay, yeah, let's just do this. So. Let's do, or sorry, let's do this too, but let's fuck it up so bad. So George H. White, who ran the operation, would randomly drug civilians at local beaches, bars, and restaurants. His wife and him would have dinner parties, and they would dose guests without their knowledge. Oh, uh, one singer who rejected White's advances drugged her drink, and she only started to feel the effects when she was on stage, and she then took herself to hospital. Jesus. Yeah. She drugged so, herself. She was like, uh oh. No, no, no. He oh. drugged her. Oh, he drugged her. Okay. Yeah. So it's like uh we have it we have an episode on drink safety. Um yeah. it's like rather than just getting hypnol or hypnol, you get fucking LSD dropped in your drink. Dude, that would be uh, a nightmare to me. Yeah. And it's there was no i mean they were just randomly doing it there were there was no medical pre-screening i mean we know now like these things can have an effect on certain people in different ways you can't just give people lsd and be like and then walk off like i don't even think they were (laughs) studying a lot of them like they were studying the johns and they were maybe studying their dinner party guests i don't know um, but if you're drugging somebody's drink and then in a bar and just wandering off what the fuck is the point of that other than being a asshole yeah, other than just being a Dacosaurus. Yeah. Uh, the CI operatives would also give themselves LSD. 
all kind of under this umbrella of testing. (laughs) So it only came to light after JFK fired the head of the CIA after a botched Bay of Pigs invasion. So really nobody even in the CIA knew what was going on. The new head, when he came in, he didn't even know uh, about this operation. And when they did figure it out, it was shut down for being unethical and distasteful. I was like, and illegal, probably? <laughs> and like a lot of other things? They, yeah. here, here's where they were worried. They were worried that people that ended up in the hospital would result in the doctors looking into this. And it would look really bad if the doctors figured out that it was the government drugging people. <laughs> Dude, they say Charles Manson is one of these people too. They think that he is oh, an, really? an MK Ultra guy. Yep. Yeah, maybe. I mean that or Charles Manson or the Unabomber. Uh, both. Oh, okay. The Unabomber. Yep. I think hundred percent. I don't know if he was MK Ultra, but he definitely, unfortunately, was tortured for the sake of science. Yeah. Um. They say like the MK Ultra one was. They say it's just a conspiracy theory, but it's the yeah. There are certain signs that point to that Manson was like a. A government experiment. Oh, yeah. Could be. Mm-hmm. I fucked that one up, then. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> oh, they fucked this one up, too. Um, so they shut it down, but the safe houses were kept open for at least a year and a half. Because, okay, yeah, probably, guys, like, let's not just randomly give people on the street drugs. But if they're, like, coming on with a prostitute, then it's totally fine to keep <laughs> drugging them. Uh, like, the guys, thing was, though, got to stop drugging people. <laughs> no. The thing was is that they the findings were that LSD was was useless as a true serum. It was more likely for the subject to clam up. So they did this thing for what did I say 50 53 to 64 so 10 years. I mean, I think you'd figure that out like 3 years in. If you're you at all scientific. <laughs> and maybe taking notes and not just like watching sex through a two-way mirror. Um there was a massive paper purge in 1973 because a lot of the people that were running this then got into the higher echelons of the CIA, right? So uh, they did, they didn't want people to find out about this. So while Washington was in the throes of the Watergate scandal, they were destroying a lot of the paperwork for this MKUltra <laughs> and for this op- this specific operation. But in a lovely uh, government is this is how government works. There was a bureaucratic snafu, <laughs> and the San Franciscan uh, safe house documents survived when while the uh, New York City ones were properly destroyed. Love so it. it They're just, just like somebody. Accident. Just somebody who's like, oh, I did. Did you forget the third drawer? We did forget <laughs> the third drawer. <laughs> yeah, it's just utter incompetence. Nothing else than that. They're like Jerry, you fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Parks and Rec reference? Jerry? I don't know. I say Jerry a lot now. It's my go-to. All right. Um, There was also, I think there's a movie on Netflix that's like part um, fiction, part documentary or something um, about Frank Olson, who was a, a biological warfare scientist that worked for the CIA. In 1953, in the New York City operation, they dosed him with LSD. He then became uh, extremely anxious and paranoid and jumped out of a 13th floor window nine days later. Oh Though also, because this is this is in the realm of 
conspiracy theories. He may have also been pushed because he had secrets about biological warfare during the Korean War and he wanted to leave. Right. All this. Yeah. Um, but eventually, uh, New York Times writer, and I forgot to get his first name, but his last name is Hirsch, uh, received the leaked details of all of this that was going on. Uh, so he wrote an article about it because it's insane. And Donald Rumsfeld and Dick Cheney, who has his fucking finger and everything, yeah. uh, wanted Hirsch prosecuted for revealing government secrets. Ooh, so too they late. really, really like tried to keep this a secret. And I think like even just now, like we're still finding out more information. Um, but a lot of these people are passing away, right? So you're not gonna get the the information. So back to our buddy. Wayne Ritchie. Yeah. In 1999, he saw an obituary of one of the operatives mentioning LSD and George White, and he went, "Oh, that's weird. I know. I knew a George White back in 1957. He was a supervising narcotics officer. So they would. I think they were like working kind of in the same buildings. Right. So he was like, "Well, that's weird. So, uh, you know, Ritchie had ended up working as a painter for the next 34 years, despite having a clean record up to that point of then trying to, you know, steal money from a bartender. Right. Again. Uh, but White's journal uh, did confirm that there was, in quotes, uh, Xmas party fed building press room. Oh, so did they go and drug their own people? Or their own, I guess they weren't their own people. They weren't CIA. They were federal employees. Um, who knows? That sounds, that's a pretty big smoke and gun. Yeah. Um, so Richie tried suing the U.S. government in the 2000s. But in 2005, the court ruled that Richie failed to prove that his failed robbery attempt was caused by an LSD-induced psychotic disorder. The judge agreed that it could have happened, but that they didn't have the proof. And one member of the Midnight Climax, Climax staff uh, that was interviewed in, or not interviewed, was inter- what? how do you, questioned, was questioned in yep. the court. Said, Yeah, I guess so. Um, he drugged 10 to 12 people, but he did no follow-up with them. So he doesn't know. <laughs> Dude, that's so like, that's the weirdest fucking flex ever is just to be like, oh yeah, I mean, I did drug you. Like, for what? He's like, I don't know. He's like, did you even yeah. care? No. <laughs> just, I well, just Well, did he it. was like, it would be awkward to go up to ask somebody like, how are you feeling? I was like, you know, it's more awkward putting something in somebody's drink. Don't do yeah. that. <laughs> if that's what the result is, don't do it. Don't so yeah, it. so that's the story of the uh, LSD at the Christmas party. It's I not quite not... a. It's not quite a Christmas, but there's not a lot of history on Christmas parties. No, well, yeah, not really. I mean, it's dude, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm uh, sorry, I'm sure like a lot of people know a lot more about this. A lot of podcasts have covered a lot more about this, but I had no idea. I kind of knew about MK Ultra vaguely. I had no idea about this midnight climax shit. Um, <laughs> I've been watching so much Arrested Development, and all their uh, all their names like that they call their little operations is always like Project Hot Mom. Like it's all like <laughs> incest jokes over and over yeah. again. They're like, when yeah. once Project Hot Mom failed, Project Sexy Brother <laughs> was underway. Um, <laughs> and I just watch it to go to sleep every night. So when you were like Project Climax, I was just thinking of all the Arrested <laughs> Development of just Job being like. 
I say we do Project Sexy Dad. And they're like, <laughs> what? Why? Um, uh, yeah, pretty fun. Dude, that's wild. I, I um, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I have been drugged. I've also probably been dosed by like friends jokingly as well. Um, right. And that doesn't ever turn out well either. Because he's like, no. hey, man, don't give people drugs. If they don't want to do them, don't no. do them. No. Um, it's rude. It's so rude. It is rude. rude. Ooh, are you ready for the uh, the uh, pastry-like <laughs> cocktail? I've <laughs> yes, yeah, we're uh, we're ex- we've run out of cocktails, guys. We couldn't find possibly find another cocktail. No way, dude! This is awesome because rum balls. <laughs> I want yes. I wanted to do these. I just didn't know when we could do them. Uh, rum no, balls are not baked, so there is oh yeah the the rum is not cooked out of there. Oh. I know. I can tell. I can tell when Carla doesn't like a drink I've picked because then she'll be like, "How it just doesn't seem boozy enough for me." (laughs) I think that's why I don't like rum balls because they are fairly boozy, dude. They're super Um. boozy, Um, and there's always like jokes. (laughs) I never really realized they were not cooked, so I was always yeah. I thought they were baked, so I was like, "How are people getting drunk on rum balls?" But, I mean, you'd have to have quite a few, but you certainly could. Okay. Yeah. Because there's oh, rum injected into them. And yeah. uh, so there, uh, rum balls are from originally uh, the Danish, and hmm. they called them rum, uh, oh God, Krugler? Rum, kr- <laughs> rum Krugler, <laughs> which is, uh-huh. uh, yeah, sounds very Scandinavian. Uh, the mm-hmm. Trudeau, and so the reason they, um, were invented was because uh danish bakers who had a a returning problem at the end of each day when they were about to close the bakery uh even though like they would try to plan out the amount of buns and stuff to make for the day right they'd always end up with like a surplus but they didn't want to throw them away yeah so they turned it into uh these rum balls so that it would preserve it and then they would sell it the next morning so oh. what they did was they um, they did like all the pastries and the cakes that were not sold during today. They mixed all together with cocoa powder and rum. So it right. would turn into like a sticky dough. And then they would yeah. roll the rum balls and decorate them with coconut flakes and chocolate sprinkles. And then they sold them really cheaply the next day at a low price. Interesting. That is really interesting. And like I said, it's not, it's not. The rum is not cooked out of them because they're not baked. Yeah. It's just basically it's being like used as a preservative. It's being used as a preservative. And it's basically just all the old like dough, basically like mixed with cocoa powder, doused in rum, and then dipped yeah. in coconut flakes. Um, which is hilarious because they the most popular it was most popular with children. <laughs> <laughs> in, and probably their parents. Because it was really uh, cheap. Yeah. But now rum balls has now become a really popular Christmas tradition, mm-hmm. which is there always seems somebody makes rum balls all the time. And they say it like really cheekily. Like you're always just like, all right, Deb, we get it. They're like, Ooh, I made a few <laughs> rum balls for this afternoon. And honestly, I did not until I didn't know the booze was baked out of them. I was like, yeah. okay, great. <laughs> yeah. I but, knew they tasted like alcohol, but I didn't. Thing. Nope. I mean, it's like those chocolates that you have that taste like alcohol. You're like, man, there's not really anything in here. 
No, these ones are really but, boozy. Pretty boozy. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to eat like 15 to get a buzz going, but sometimes right. <laughs> can, I can eat 15 of something yeah. little like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just in case it wasn't boozy enough for uh, for everybody, uh, we did mm-hmm. have a uh, a rum uh, ball shot <laughs> that you could do whilst you yes. ate your rum ball, which is yeah. one ounce of light rum, uh, one ounce of uh, melon liqueur, and an, a dash of orange juice, and then you shake it, and uh, you, know, you can shoot that next to your rum ball, and that's yeah. called the rum ball shot, which is very yummy. Um, but yeah, to make these rum balls, it's does it's actually not even very hard, dude. No, well, I didn't try to make them. No, I, I didn't make them either. I, I'm not, yeah. I, I have to fly. I have to fly <laughs> tomorrow, uh, film a TV thing, and then uh, drive 14 hours <laughs> through yeah. highways that don't exist anymore. So yeah. I decided to rum balls, not for me tonight. But no. If you have any leftover cake or anything like that, uh, there like if somebody if there's like leftover cake or leftover muffins or anything like that, uh, you can use just the dough from them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, um, and you just mash it all up, pour some cocoa powder in there, um, and then uh, three teaspoons of rum per ball. Yeah, per ball. No. <laughs> that's- <laughs> Yeah. That's a lot. Considering they're not big, they're not big. Uh, yeah. So you're just basically like, and then you just roll them all out. So, hmm. uh, yeah, that's rum balls from the day. Interesting. Have you got any yeah. uh, fun facts for us? I do. Just a little, uh, some stats, I guess. Uh, the top. This is it from a 2012 study. The top three locations for Christmas parties are oh, restaurants. Can I guess? Oh, okay. sure. Okay. Oh, you said restaurants already? Yep. Where are the oh. other two? Uh, convention centers? Close. Okay. I'm not. I'm done guessing. <laughs> okay. Hotels. Oh, hotels. Which is kind of like a convention center. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or an active location, like a bowling alley. Or axe or... throwing. or Yeah, something like that. Go-karting. Yes. Yeah. What better to combine alcohol with than dig go karting? People giving people <laughs> either go like yeah, uh, cars or axes or even just a bowling ball. <laughs> uh, go Daddy, who I think we got our uh, website name through probably. Yep. Um, they didn't invite us to this Christmas party though. <laughs> they spent three million dollar on their Chris- three million dollars on their Christmas party in two thousand and nine oh at the God. Chase Fields, which is home of the Arizona Diamondbacks. I don't know if that's football, baseball, puck. It's not hockey. Um, but anyways, three million. That's a lot. Uh. Google in 2006 hosted 10,000 employees at Pier 4 in uh, San Francisco. They had a Greek theme, and so they called it Google Olympus, and it took five days to decorate. Some other stats, 60% of Christmas parties are employees only, 49 serve alcohol, which is a lot lower than I thought. Yeah, a lot lower than I thought. Yeah. Um, and only 30% are held at a company location. 
So when you see, like, I mean, um, The Office, American version, you know, their Christmas party episode is relatively famous. Most places are not having it at their company. No. In the office. It's not great idea. Uh, I'm sure there's liability issues. Also, you don't want to, like, open up your desk the next morning to find somebody's vomited in it. Yeah, you're like, this is Barfsville. Ooh, was that your last fact? It was. Oh, those are good facts, actually. I'm surprised that uh, 49% have alcohol and 51% do not. I know. That's a you know That's maybe a sad Christmas party. That is it's kind of boring, but yeah, <laughs> but maybe for the best. I don't <laughs> know. Be very boring. I would definitely not be going to that one. I would be like, oh god, I would definitely be one of the people there that was like, it's so crazy. I have so many things scheduled on this day. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, you guys, thank you so much for listening. We do this every week. Uh, holy smokes, it's almost been another year again. It's like mm-hmm. when we're doing like Christmas for the second time, these things start to like. I'm like, holy smokes we're doubling down um yeah we're so grateful that you listen uh if you if you want check out our patreon we have uh if you go over to our website at www dot life bearings podcast i forgot how many w's there were podcast.com uh in the corner there's a patreon button that'll take you over and there's three different levels of patreon you get all kinds of fun different stuff uh that you can be a part of uh, over there and in, in the meantime i uh, hope you're having a, a happy christmas season uh it's all begun um yes. and we'll uh yeah only a couple days left now i know exciting holy smokes uh all right guys we'll uh we'll talk to you soon thank you so much thanks guys Bye.